1212, episode 3 of the Commissioner Corner Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Joe Cruz Jr., here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Get it's your me. boy, me, Mr. LBS Express. We here, second half of Commissioner's Corner, presented by Red Bull. Happy to be here. We got a goat on here. We got an LES native on here. Got <laughs> to get real nice and neat. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> we got national champion, McDonald's All-American, NBA. Yes, Lamb in the building. What up, Brody? What's good? He was good. Happy to hear. You. Happy to have you on here, man, on the Commissioner's Corner. Um, you know, we had some um, some little issues earlier, but glad to, glad you popped on. Um, especially for me, because you know you come from where, we, where I'm from, so um, and you're a product of of, of of our environment. And um, just happy to have you, man. And um, we gonna we gonna get into it, bro, because like Joe said earlier, you definitely. Um, one of New York City's goats, and um, just because you you're so well, sure. you're so soft-spoken, I think a lot of times people forget your accolades and, and what you've really done in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we're gonna get into it, man. Um, my first question is, um, you know, when when did you really start playing ball, and um, and like when did you decide like you was gonna take this basketball thing real serious? And um, the second part of that question is. Um, being that a lot of people don't know you played at Bishop Blackman High School. You was mm-hmm. a, a star there. Um, what, what made you go to Oak Hill and leave Bishop Blackland and go play for Oak Hill Academy? Mm-hmm. All right. So when I was two years old, my dad put the ball in my hand, really. Like when I was two years old. And I was playing with it a little bit. I, I, was, I, I was doing multiple sports like baseball. I was doing yep. swim- but I was really focused on swimming at first when I first started. So when, um, when it hit the fourth grade, my mom was getting tired of like going to swimming, baseball, basketball on the same day. She's getting tired of that. But she was like, you got to pick one sport and just lock in and focus on it. So like, she, I picked basketball. So my dad, my dad friends were telling me to go uptown, play at Gacho's. That's where yeah. my friends at. So I went to Gacho's. I played on my first national team, um, traveling team in fourth grade. Wow. Dang. That's when I met Duran, Scott, Mari, Shane. All them guys, Capron, right. I met the fourth grade, went to Orlando, um, in Milk House, where the bubble was at now, came in sixth place, and the rest was history. I just playing basketball with Gacho to to eighth grade. And um for me to go to Lachlan was crazy. Um <laughs> I really I really I, I wanted to go to Malloy at first because my grandma lived across the street from Malloy. Yeah, I was like, I, I wanted to go there at first. Then when it got closed down to pick up my school, I wanted to go to Christ the King. Mm. I, I never forget. Um, I went, I was going, my mom was like pushing me to go to Christ the King. She sent me to a, a Christ the King camp and Herb was there. I think I was young. Herb was there. Oh, wow. Shout out to Herb Walker. Yeah, Herb was killing. And I think me and Herb was on the same team, like towards the end of the team. We got, we got, I got traded to his team. And my mom asked Bill Oliver at the time, he was the head coach. I think it's his name, right? Bob Oliver. Bob Oliver, yep. yep. Yeah, Bob Oliver. My mom asked him, like, um, the one want to call the Christ King is is though, can he come? And he said, I never forget. He said, nah, we don't need him. We have oh, Sean. Shit. Wow. We have Sean, we have Sean Johnson here, so we don't need him. Wow. Wow. Now I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. So the people 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 don't know this. So in eighth grade, 
Yeah, I preached class in eighth grade. I did eighth grade twice. Mm. You know, um, Arcevia, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I went to Arcevia, New American, when I was in eighth grade, and I had I lived with a a different type of I lived with a, a family out there in Long Island, Southern Reach, Long Island. I lived with a family. My mom used to come back and forth Monday through Thursday on the railroad, make sure I do my homework, make sure I study for my test. Wow. Go back late at night, going to work in the morning. And I was going there, eighth grade, playing varsity, eighth grade. Tavon was there from Low East Side. Yeah, Tavon Williams. He was a senior at the time. And I was in eighth grade, and I got that experience to play eighth, play varsity as an eighth grader. Jesus. I was playing junior high, JV and Voss, but I was playing against Mike Beasley, Oak Hill, Wayne Ellington, and Jenna Henderson in primetime shootout. Right. I played against I played against um Gerald Green. My first my first varsity game was at home versus Gerald Green when he played when he played with Golf Shore University, I mean Golf Shore Academy. So um I wanted to go to Christ the King. Christ King didn't let me go. Then I was trying to pick I was looking for my zone school in Queens, I mean Queens or or Brooklyn. I was go, I was about to go to Lincoln at one point. <laughs> then I had a game at Dean Street. I never forget I had a game at Dean Street. And Eddie Loud called my mom and dad and said, I have Khalid Green, um, the varsity coach of Lachlan, coming um, to watch you play. So do your thing. He might want you. I did my thing. Khalid Green said he wanted, he wanted me to come to Lachlan, play varsity as a freshman. So I, was, I wasn't playing freshman at all. That wasn't my goal. I was not. I wanted to play varsity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, right, right, right. I was in eighth grade playing varsity. I was like, don't make no sense me playing varsity. Nah. But go to school in the city, play freshman. So I played varsity at Lachlan. Um, I had a I had a, I had, a, I had a good freshman season. I had I was like ten points, twelve points, I think. We lost to Christy King in the Elite Eight, and I wanted to go to Oak Hill after that. That was like my dream, like to leave. I, always, I didn't want to stay at Lockland for four years. I always want to go. I wanted to go to Oak Hill after my freshman year, but my dad wouldn't let me. Cause he told me I didn't do. I didn't put. No, I didn't put no damage in in New York yet. He wanted me to get my name right in New York before right. I, before I leave. Right. So he promised me. He said. If you kill your sophomore year at Lachlan, I'll make sure you go to Oak Hill for your junior year. So that was the whole plan. So I was I just locked in my whole sophomore year, and I just went crazy. That whole Catholic school league it went crazy. I was like twenty five. More city as a sophomore since Kenny Anderson. Talk that spice. Yeah, talk your nah. shit, man. Go ahead, man. Nah, so I went crazy there. Then right into the AU circuit. I played with the Gachos. Boo William tried to get me to play with them because I was Oak Hill at the time. I mean, I was about to go to Oak Hill, so he wanted me to play with them. And I went crazy that whole AU circuit. I was no one shooter going in the country at the time. It was me, Will Barton, mm. Deion Williams, wow. Reggie Bullard. That was like my. I was like the shooting guards in my class. Like, yeah, I think somebody, somebody else. I forgot, but yeah, them, those the main guys. So I was shooting. I was no one shooting guard in the country going into my junior year of high school. Tough. Then, then um, I wanted to go to Oak Hill. That was my dream. So, my dad, friend with Oak Hill, talked to um, talked to um, Steve Smith, and he found out I wanted to go to Oak Hill. He came to my AU game in Tennessee. I had like thirty points in the first pool game, and it was a wrap after that. I just went to it was a, it was a done deal after that. I went to Oak Hill, and that's that's how, that's how Oak Hill happened, man. Oak Hill, nice. Oak Hill is different, man. Oak Hill, you gotta really be. Mentally prepared to go to Oak Hill. Right. There's no phones. There's no video games. There's so, ask you a question too before Joe. Before Joe asks you a question, just to piggyback on that question, how, how do you feel about a lot of kids? Like, like right now, we, we did this commissioners' corner on IG Live a lot, and a lot of the conversations was 
a lot of people were frustrated with kids leaving New York to go play at, you know, prep schools or just leaving the city. You know what I mean? How, how do you feel? What's your opinion on kids leaving the school, kind of sort of what you did and being successful? And do you have a, another feeling about kids staying home? Like, what's your take on that before Joe, Joe gets to this question? I mean, I really feel you always do what's best for you. You never... Right. You feel me? For your city. I mean, you always show love to your city. Always give back, show love, tell everybody you're from there, though, but always do what's best for you. Like, at the time, I wasn't doing that well in high school and schoolwork at Michigan. Right. So I was scared I wasn't going to qualify for college. So so I had to go to Oak Hill to get my grades right. Oak right. Hill, smaller schools, smaller classes. So yeah, I, I got my grades right and I ended up qualifying for college. You know, that was the best, the best move for me. So that's one of the big moves I went to Oak Hill too. Just not just because of basketball. Academic part. Take it home, Joe. Yeah. So D, um, talk about your Oak Hill experience. I know that you said your sophomore year you put in that pain to stamp your name in New York. You went to mm -hmm. Oak Hill to take on that challenge for yourself academically and also um, athletically. Um, talk about Oak Hill. How to prepare you to get to your goal, which is college, and then what made you choose Kentucky out of all of them? What and and we'll talk about other schools you had in, in mind, too. Um, yeah, so Oak Hill, I was a little nervous to go to Oak Hill at first because I just felt that this has to work. Like, I made right. a big decision to go to Oak Hill. If I can't not perform here, then come back to New York, it look crazy on me. So I just came with the same mentality I had in going to my sophomore year. Yeah. When I was going to do my junior year. But I knew I was playing with a lot of great players. So I wasn't going to average 20 points, 25 points at Oak Hill. I already knew that. Going into my junior year, and we had a great, we had a great team. We had Peshawn Howard, Brian Allen, mm. Allen, um, Momo Jones. Right, right, um, right. Yep. He was my roommate. At the Momo. Time. Momo. He was my roommate. He was my roommate at the time. Had him on the top bunk too. <laughs> <laughs> he had to climb every time he got a bathroom. Nah, but, but yeah, Oak Hill was tough. I Me, mean, it just it's no video games. It's a lights out at a certain time. It was like it's college like, before college, right? It was like a exactly. Yeah. You, you got to iron your clothes, wash your clothes. It's like you know being an adult going to high school, and it's a it's a, it's a great um, basketball. You know, it's basketball tradition. I mean, Coach Smith is a great coach. Yeah. Had a whole quarter staff focused on basketball twenty four seven. Is working on your game, getting right, and we got a national schedule. Yep. We never we never at school. We always traveling every Friday. We always on the road. Going to the West Coast, going to Hawaii. Right. Uh, and we were sponsored by Jordan at the time. So that was yeah. I know you was I know you was lit. I know you was lit. Yeah, I had the retros on every game. <laughs> yeah, you could yo, yeah, this dude to come back to LES with heat. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, okay it was it was different. So yeah, so I just played against the top players, okay. I played against the top of the top. That Demarcus Cousin, Derek Favors, like Ooh. all the top players, their high school just played against them. So we in my junior year, we went 40 and 0. We mm. lost, matter of fact, we went 40 and 1, man. Wow. 40 and 1. We lost, lost the last game in the championship to Finley Prep when they had Avery Bradley, Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson. So we lost that game. So, so D, what made you choose Kentucky? And I know you mentioned national schedule. So every college coach, every university is coming to see Oak Hill play, I would assume. And I know you're on top of that list. What schools were after you? What were your top five? And what ultimately made your decision in going to Kentucky? And Joe, and Joe, before before he even say that, this, this dude being being a goal he is, yeah. he made a decision at the Jordan game. Yeah. At halftime of the Jordan game. 
In New York. You know where? Just, I had to in the garden. At, bar, at, at the garden. In the garden. Just, just like New York guards. I love it. Go ahead. Crazy. <laughs> um, so, I had Oklahoma. Mm. My dad, my dad liked the cable at the time. Yep, Oklahoma. Yep. At Arizona with Book. Nice. At UConn. At UConn. I had Kansas. Mm. That's where I thought he was going. And okay. I had Kentucky. I had okay. Kentucky. Okay. That was my top five. And uh, I took I took all my um visits. My dad was big one, just taking all your visits, no matter. Like, no matter if you know the school you're going to, just take all your visits because you never go get that experience again. So, right. Me, my mom, my dad took every visit, felt all the love, no the whole experience, no doubt, the cop experience. No, his dad, and his dad was a killer. Yeah, that was. I don't know if you know that, but his dad was a killer. Played for LIU, tough. So, um, I had all great visits. Like all my visits was great. Nice. And summer school did the same thing. Right. But my main focus was starting as a freshman. Like. Mm. That was okay. like the main question. Mom was giving up. My mom, like you know, when the college come to your house, they have the home meetings. My mom and my mom had like thirty questions lined up in a notebook <laughs> to ask them every time. Like, is he starting? What do you see him in the future? Just all type of crazy questions. So, um, so all the schools, you know, they wanted me. You know, said certain things to me and stuff like that. But I just wanted like. The top, the big thing to me was for my best friend to come and school with me. And that was like big to me. Like, shout out to Richie. Come to school with me. Yeah, my best friend Richie just come to school with me. And that was it. So every school accepted that. So that was real big. That was making it easier for me. So I just picked the, the best decision for me in basketball wise. And at the time, Kentucky was the best fit for me because when John Wall, Bledsoe, and all of them left, it was like a whole new team. Right. And I was, I was going to go to Kings that first, though. But when Bledsoe called me, and told me that he's leaving guarantee. Mm. And I saw ESPN leaving. That that sealed the deal. So that's what that's I that's love. Cool. That's love, right? That was love. Yeah, cool coach Kyle. And I was in OK, matter of fact. I think my coach called me out of class and I called Coach Kyle and I told him I was coming in and I'm gonna commit. Right. Um during the Jordan during the Jordan Classic game. So nice. how was it that feeling like like BG mentioned, you know? at the Jordan Classic, mentioning the school you want to go to, you got confirmation that you're going to start and and now playing, now looking forward to playing with with, uh, with Coach Cal. Uh, talk about that feeling and ultimately what was it like playing for one of the greatest coaches of all time? I mean, it was, it was crazy that Coach Cal never told me out of his mouth that I was going to start. Though. Like, I was going to ask you that. He mm-hmm. never told me that. He always told me that. He, he always said this. He'll be like, I mean, I don't know if you're going to start, but it's a great opportunity for you to start. <laughs> like, if you if you just work hard, you can start. Like he would say things like that. So I was like, all right, so whatever. I just go in there and work hard and you know, see what happens type. But I went there and the first day I got there, it was we were on a football field immediately. No basketball for like the first couple weeks. Mm. On a football field, running us to death. And and, and, and Kentucky's like a it's like a basketball, like, a, like an NBA program. Like it treats like NBA players in Kentucky. You got a meal prep, you got a personal chef. You got our own dorm for these the players and stuff like that. So me going there, I walk, I came in there with Brandon Knight, Terrence Jones, and his Cantor. I was in that class going to Kentucky, and um, that's when Ennis couldn't play because um, with some money situation, I don't know what what was going on with okay. him. But he sat out the whole year; he didn't play, and he still went third pick in the draft. But I think if we would have had him, we would have won a championship. We went to the Final Four. 
my freshman year, we lost to Kimba and them in the Final Four in um, in Houston in 2011. But I had a great experience going to Kentucky. Great experience. We had a lot of fun off the court, on the court. The fan base is crazy. We got one of the best fans, I think, in college basketball. So, BG, before... Yeah, BG, you go, you go, you go. Um, so, so we, and, and before Joe goes into his next one, talk a little bit about... And we, we both talked about it um, offline. Yeah, yes, your sophomore year, you came back. Kentucky's known for, for going one and done. You had, you had a solid freshman year, which you probably could have left if you wanted to. But you came back, and then you guys go 38-2, and two, bro. Mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about that season. And then you win the national championship, yep. and, and you're the game-high scorer with 22 points in the national championship. Against so, Kansas, so, your team, the team you yeah, against Kansas, yep. my top two, well, you could have went right. Yep. So talk a little bit about that whole year and, and just that special team that you played with, um, Anthony Davis and all those guys. Yeah. So um, after my freshman year, you know, Coach Cal got exit me and, and he tell you where you projecting the draft and do you see you leaving or should you stay and stuff like that. So you tell me that I could I could leave and go to the second round. But he said, if I stay, you know, it'd be a better opportunity for me. And I had Gilchrist, T, Kyle Woods, Andy Davis coming in at the time. And I, I knew of them. I knew I knew Mike, but I saw them play on, like, other guys play on YouTube. Or right. Sometimes they play up in AAU. But I just stayed because Terrence, Terrence Jones stayed too. So I think I got a great opportunity for us to win a championship. As we came so close the year before. So when they got there, it was just... We had a great bond. Like, we all was cool with each other. Anthony, T, Gilly. It was a great bond off the court, and that's what made it so perfect for us on the court, too. So right. we just clicked. And Coach, what Coach Kyle does, he always tell you, he'll tell you before the season your role and, and then stick to that role. Like, you don't do nothing out of that role. That's what you do. Like, for Gilchrist, like, if you can't, if you can't shoot, you don't shoot. Like, don't, don't, like, if you can't shoot, don't shoot. Like, don't let nobody see you can't shoot. Go to the rim, attack the rim, be aggressive. Like, everybody had their own roles. Everybody stuck to their roles. And he'll tell you what to do to get to the NBA, stuff like that. He makes sure we get to practice earlier. NBA scouts is there watching us before, how you prepare for practice. Make sure you stay after, get up shots. Like, just stuff like that. Teach us how to speak in meetings. Teach us everything. Like, it's different in Kentucky, for real. We had a person. It was just different. Like, I never experienced nothing like that. But, yeah, um... We swept our conference, SEC. We swept it. I think we went 13-0. We swept it. Beat Florida three times when they had Irv Walker, Kenny Boy, and Brad, um, Bradley Bill. Mm-hmm. So we swept them three times. We lost to Vandy our third time in the SEC championship. In yeah, I remember that. And we lost to them. They beat us. They snuck. They, they got us the last game. Then after that, we went to the tournament, and we, we ran through the tournament. That was It was light. <laughs> we smacked Bella, go to the final four, we beat Indiana, we got the revenge back, beat Indiana. So, I mean, it was easy yeah. for us in the tournament. Beautiful. Take it home, Joe. Yeah, so D, I, you mentioned the, the, the talent you play with and how magical and special that year was. Um, all these incoming freshmen and just the reputation that that Coach Gal has, respectfully, and, and Kentucky doing one and dones. You staying, um, did you feel that it was the right decision? And also, what was so special about playing with these guys that made it solidify for you to say, you know what, I stood it, I, I, I saw I saw it through, uh, and seeing these guys grow together with you, what was the best experience for that? I mean, 
Yeah, my dad was telling me if, if I won a championship my freshman year that he would push me in the league. But if I lose, then stay. So I knew when I lost to Kimbo in the final four my freshman year, I was I was coming back. Like I knew after that game I was coming back. And I think that was the right decision for me. I knew I wasn't ready yet at the time okay. I was young. Okay. I was like eighteen years old. I was I was frail. You know, I used to have skill, but I just didn't want to get my body developed and my mind right. Right. To go to the next level. So I did it one more year. And I knew I was playing with dogs. I knew dogs was coming in, so I knew we had a great season. Facts. Like, you know, I had that was one of my best best years of my life, just playing with those guys, those group of guys in practice, off the court, traveling, just had a great experience. And we just stuck together. We promised each other that we was gonna work hard every day and we came out with with the championship. So So I could imagine that bond is that now still living with you in terms of these guys with you know, you guys being connected. Um, I know you're a big avid Bassa fan like we are, and we run tournaments, and you're a pro in and, and, and every level. Uh, seeing the growth from a, from AD, from Kentucky to mm-hmm. New Orleans, and now winning a chip, your best friend winning an NBA championship. How was that feeling for you? Was it surreal? And uh, did you get a chance to share that moment with him too or, or any kind of way? I mean, it's crazy to me because when he first came to college, like, we couldn't pass on the ball in the post and like like yeah. he did give us a bucket. Like that wasn't him at all. Like I mean he was so flashy to him, like picking popping, shooting threes right. in there, catch lob. That's what he do, catch lob, dump block shots, you know, change shots, stuff right. like that. But just dumping it down and telling us to go get us one, like we we, didn't, we, were, we were, like we was not doing that. Like, <laughs> like Ter- we were doing that for Terrence most of the time. But right. it's just crazy how like, you know, he developed his game. He got a lot of offensive package with him. And he's just like one of the best scores in the NBA. I knew he was gonna win a championship though. He's a winner, a winner type of teammate. He'll do whatever it takes to win a championship right. or win a game. And I know since he got the offense ability now to score when he want, I mean he's unstoppable now. I think he's one of the best bigs in the, in the world right now. So right. I'm happy for him, happy for all my guys, no okay. matter what. But mostly happy for AD though, because to see him grow like that from right. here to now is, is crazy. Right. And how were those practices, D? Uh, tell tell our fans, like, you know, we we always hear the historic cow, the Kentucky. Like, how mm-hmm. was those practices with those beasts and those dogs you had in your second year? Mm-hmm. How was those practices? And w- can you give us a moment that you can remember that really stood out for you that year that you was with, you was with these dogs and one moment stood out for you like, wow, this is this is it right here. I mean, every day, even my freshman year, my, we had dogs like. Respectfully, right. yeah. I'm sorry. Respectfully, yes, yes, yes. Now, we had dogs like since like, off the rip, but my sophomore year, like you gotta think like every day in practice we got like 15, 15 NBA scouts in there, so everybody want to be perfect. Exactly. Everybody yeah. going hard, you know, just going doing whatever, diving on loose balls, going crazy. And what Coach Cow does, like he don't put like starting five versus the bench and let us go crazy on the bench, and make us look good. He always mix it up, so like it'll be like me and T going at it. Me and Gil Chris, uh, or like Terrence or AD going at it, he'll make us go at it. Like, he won't make us just play against the bench players and go crazy on them, make us look good. So, that was one thing about Coach Kyle I respected that he made, he made us go at it. And just the sad thing about it was our last practice, my sophomore year, that we all knew, like, it's our last time with each other. Like, mm. after this game is over, like, and we said that, like, after the last practice, like, yo, like, we might as well just go out, go crazy, try to win a championship. We here, like, this what we this was the um the whole plan from day one. So that was one of like the hardest moments though for all of us though. It's the last time nice. to bring it in, last time to bring it in and everything. So that was tough for 
tough. Gabby. Yeah, <clears throat> nah, that's that's that that's a beautiful moment, man. Like like to share to share. I think when you win a championship, I think that bond is always something that mm-hmm. is, is uh you, you can't even put that in a bottle, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um you guys all respectfully going to my next question, but got drafted, you know what I'm saying? Which was yeah. even something that was even more special. Um talk talk about getting drafted. Um, I mean, you being from LES, that was huge for us. Like that was a moment that everybody I feel like felt like they got drafted. Talk a little bit about getting your name called, being the 42nd overall pick. And um, what what was just going through your mind and your family's mind? And just give us a little insight on on how that experience was. I mean, I wanted to go first round though. That was like the main thing. I wanted to go first round, but when they fell to the second round, I was nervous because now it's just best best available at the time best available was crazy nobody know about this too so going into the 41st pick i think brooklyn nets had the first pick i mean uh, they had the had the 41st pick and they called my agent and say we want we want to draft the run 40 at 41 and i I don't want to go there because i didn't want to stay in new york i didn't want nobody to be known there you go my friends you have my crib all the time and just I think I thought, I thought it was a bad like distracting to me, like you know. So I just told my agent I don't want to go there. So he was like, "You sure you don't want to?" Uh-huh. So I was like, "Nah." So I told wow. him that they picked they, they picked Tyshawn Taylor forty one. Then going into the second pick, my agent was like, "Like I was in, I had I, I didn't go to the draft. I uh, I ran out like a ballroom, like a suite. So I was in a room. It was me, my mom, my dad, and my best friend in the one room, and all my other my friends and families in like the room next door." So they were watching in the next door and I was watching on TV. So I'm texting my agent. My agent texts me like, yo, look, you're going 40 seconds to Milwaukee. Man, congratulations. I'm going to see you tomorrow in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So I told my mom and dad, like, your mom, I'm about to get drafted right now. I'm about to get drafted right now. Watch this. And <laughs> I got drafted. It was crazy. I told my family and friends. Nice. We went out that night. I think um, we had me, AD, and Terrence. We got the same agency. We was we had, we were on the same agency at the time, so they threw us a party in New York City. I forgot where it was at though, but they threw us a draft party. You know, like we had fun. All and right. Morning, I had to fly out to Milwaukee for the press conference. Me and John mm. Henson. So mm. I I didn't get that much sleep that night. But yeah, I was the one of my one one of my I mean is my best experience. That was a dream come true since little kid go to the NBA and get drafted. That's every that's every kid's dream. So All right. when that happened, that was big for me, and my family. Um, so you, you pick 42nd, then you, um, went to the magic 2013. What was the biggest trans, the biggest transition for you from Kentucky now playing in the NBA at the highest level? You know, there's only 400 jobs you can get in the NBA mm-hmm. and everybody in the NBA can play no matter you're 15 or one. Um, mm-hmm. talk about that, that grind for you, Adi, in terms of now you're in, in the big leagues. What was the one thing that you wanted to really focus on, and 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 the, the major difference between Kentucky and the NBA, respectfully? I mean, Kentucky and the NBA is the same thing. Just now you're getting paid, and now I'm playing with. I'm 19 years old, playing with people that got five kids, got families, grown men right. on my team, like 34, 35 years old. I'm 19 on the team, so they look at me like a lower brother. My my oh, I had a lot of OGs on my team. My fresh, my rookie year, I went to Milwaukee. I had Drew Gooden, Marquise Daniels, right. Jones, Larry Sanders. Um, I said Monte Ellis and Monte Ellis. Wow. Um, 
I had a lot of OGs on my team. And, like, you know, Brandon took me in at first, took me in as a rookie. Then Monte really, like, you know, taught me the ropes and just right. showing me things, telling me about the NBA, how you got to work hard. I got to come in early before the vets get there. I got to I gotta get taped early. I got to put in my extra lip before practice and stay at the practice. Mm. And sometimes our coach, I swear, every practice, my coach, uh, what's his name? Coach Skiles. Oh, Scott Skiles. Yeah, Scott Skiles. He was my coach. He never called me Deron. Never called me Deron. Always, <laughs> always called me Rook. Always <laughs> called me Rook. And, like, my job at practice was, like, like the pressure, pressure Brandon Jennings when he's picking the ball up. Like, when he's bringing the ball up full court to pressure him, bother him, like, talk shit to him. Even with Monte, do the same thing with Monte. But sometimes, before, before every practice, he would tell Monte, he'd be like, Monte, you ready to go today? Like, sometimes Monte would be like, nah, I'm chilling today, coach. I'd be like, damn, that's crazy. The day off of practice, that's crazy. He'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, look, got it, look, got it. So I'd be like, all right, that's cool, whatever. But yeah, but, um, yeah, being a rookie in the NBA, if you just listen, like, listen to your vets, it's going to go smooth. Like, my vets took care of me, like, literally took care of me like a son. Like, That's what's up. Going out, feeding me, like, whatever. Like, whatever I really wanted, they were there for me. So That's what's up. I'll never get my rookie year. And, like, going in, when I got traded, it was crazy because I got traded my rookie year, All-Star Weekend, with, <laughs> two, minutes, with two minutes left in the trading deadline. Wow. I'm in, bathroom, I'm in the bathroom, like brushing my teeth, looking at my phone. I'm, I'm yeah, I can see my teeth from my bathroom. I'm thinking like, nah, I'm not gonna get traded. Like it's only two minutes left. No way. Then my agent called me out of nowhere. My next door neighbor's Tobias. I'm hearing Tobias screaming, but I'm like, I don't know why he's screaming for. He's on my team in Milwaukee. He's my next door neighbor. I hear I'm hearing Tobias scream next door. So I'm like, what is he screaming for? I call my agent. He like, yo, you heard the news? You're going to Orlando. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> And that, that angle lie, I, I, it bothered me a little bit because I felt like, damn, Wokey, like the Bucks don't want me. Like, they don't want my, like, you feel me? They don't that's want me. Business, so, yeah, I felt, I felt like, damn, that's crazy. So I flew, I mean, I had, you got you got three days to move to Orlando. So I had to, like, pack pack whatever I can. Had to fly my mom out to Milwaukee to situate my crib, make sure all my stuff get to Orlando. I stayed, I stayed in Orlando in a hotel for, like, two months trying to find a crib. Wow, yeah, it was crazy, and I was only nineteen, like twenty years old at the time. So that was a lot. That was a lot on me. Yeah. And my first game was versus Kyrie with no angle, no plays in Orlando. He just threw me out there. He just threw me out there with no plays, no nothing. But I never forget that though. No doubt. Yeah, B. <clears throat> nah, man. I, I mean, you, you, you. I was going to go into the, the to being traded to Orlando, mm. and um, I, I also wanted to talk about you know I know personally. Cause, Cause, we family, but um, you're very close to Big Baby Davis. Um, but talk, talk a little bit about your time in Orlando, and um, and just how that, how that, how that experience was playing in Orlando for for the time you was there. And then I also want to jump into um your stint playing overseas, and 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 how and how you you transitioned from playing in the NBA to now playing overseas and abroad. Yeah, playing playing for Orlando was. Was was great. I was one of my best NBA teams I played for because the weather, the weather was great. Yeah, feeling eighty five every day, so that was great. And Orlando Magic, my team, we was young at the time. I had yep. Mo Harkless, Kyle Kyle Quinn, Andrew Nicholson, Tobias was there. Yeah, mm. had OGs too, like Jermaine Nelson, Al Harrington, yep. uh, Aaron Afala. 
So I had a couple OGs too on my team though. But yeah, that team was young. So I had I got a great bond with them. They were young. It wasn't like my team Milwaukee was just straight old heads, you know, stuff right. like that. Yeah. But I had a great coach, Coach Vaughn, Coach Jock Collins, Coach Jock Vaughn. Like Vaughn yeah. I had a great experience there playing with them. Um we didn't win that many games though. We won by like 20 games that season. We was terrible. <laughs> but you know, I had a great time with them. Um <laughs> <laughs> didn't win that many games that year. That was a bad year for us. <clears throat> yeah, but um, when I had to go to overseas, I was nervous at the time because my first job was in Montenegro in Serbia. Yeah, so that was my first job, and I had my best friend call me call me out there too for the first time. And I had a great experience out there. It's different basketball. You know, yeah, different. footwork is different. It called travel. You got to put the ball on the floor before you dribble. Before you dribble, yeah. Yeah, the fan bases. The fans is crazy. They're throwing things on the court while you're playing, lighters, <laughs> pennies, all type of stuff. The crowd is crazy. So it's different from the NBA and overseas. The coaches, some coaches don't know basketball like that. It's just my dad owns a team. I'm the son. I'm just kidding, y'all. Like, it's crazy. Wow. But it's, you just got to lock in to be an American playing, ba- playing basketball overseas because if you're not doing your job, they'll send you home immediately. So. Right, you gotta, you gotta do, you gotta perform. That's, that's how I always, you gotta perform and and do right and be a team player and be respectful and stuff like that and just stay to yourself and just work hard. And I think you can make it overseas. Hey, uh, D, for the for the young ones that's that's listening to you, I know you have a good, I know you have a a great fan base. I know you always want to get back to the community and to the kids. Talk oh. about, you know, just at nineteen, like you said, eighteen, nineteen, being a league and just learning about financial literacy and learning about living on your own and living in a different state or whatever. Talk about the business of the NBA and the business of even playing overseas and what is, what would you want to really send a message out to them in terms of them being 18, 19, not to make the same mistake you did and what, what lessons did you learn in that process? I mean, I was, I was cheap when I was in a, when I first got in the NBA. I wasn't spending a lot of money. I was, when I was 19, I was seeing different type of checks. Right. At 19 years old, going to play in the NBA. So got, all my friends were still in college at the time. So I would be home and all my friends still in school. And I'd be like, yo, what y'all doing? And just yeah. wasn't there to play chill with me because they were in school and stuff like that. But um, For sure. Playing the NBA was a great experience. Um, financially, take care of my family. Um, I mean, that's great. So that's one thing that's good about it. But for sure, you just got to be locked in. That's, that's that's the main focus Just be locked in and just um, stay level headed. Right. Don't worry about the money. Just work hard and the money go come. That's all I always think about it. Money always go come. Money come and go. So just work that's hard right. and just see what happens for you. I always think God's always putting the right, make things happen for a reason. So right. Mm. That's, uh, so now you're heading now you're heading into your sixth season overseas, correct? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that you're you're considered a vet now, right? <laughs> you considered an OG now, right? So now you're Larry Sanders of overseas now, right? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, talk about overseas life, like how you know we had Isaiah earlier. He mentioned mm-hmm. about you know the different palettes of food, um, the time difference. The like you mentioned the fans and the way FIBA plays, um, what was the toughest thing that you had to adjust on those levels for you to become, mm. you know, an overseas vet in your career? I mean, sleeping padding was tough. I'm trying to stay up all late, talk to my friends. <laughs> I'm going to bed like 5 in the morning. Yeah, I wake up at 8, 3 hours of sleep. 
and I got like two practices that day. Um, it it depends what country you in. You could be in certain countries with really no no good food around you, like maybe like two restaurants, and you just gotta stick with those two restaurants the whole season. Wow. I, I was blessed to play in countries where I had good eats, good restaurants, good American food, and stuff like that. But um, what was big for me, I had to hang my clothes up outside to dry them. At one point, <laughs> when I was playing in Serbia, I had to hang my clothes up and dry them. Um, it was getting dark at three o'clock, like pitch black at three o'clock. And that's Sheesh. Wow. Like it's pitch black. Yeah, in certain countries, it's pitch black. And I'm um, just just not knowing the language out there. Ask people for directions. Always asking, excuse me, do you speak English? Before I say, before I say anything, I always ask that. Like, excuse me, you speak English? And stuff like that. So the language is, is, is difficult at one point. It was difficult at one point. But everybody know who you are in that town. So whatever right. you go to, they're going to know who you are and they're going to try to help you the best that they can. But overseas is tough, though. I mean, everybody's not built for overseas. Really out there for 10 months and wait, wait from your family and just grinding, doing the same exact thing every single day. Like, it was a point I was doing the same thing for like six months straight. Like, that <laughs> routine. Like, it was boring. Eating the same food almost. Like, I had to lock in. Like, I had to do what's best for me and my family, so I, that's what I had to do. Respect. Um, yeah, BJ, before we get to uh, our rap, yeah, yeah, before fire. we get to rapid fire, before we get to rapid fire, I just want to talk about, um, you know, one um, I know probably your, your greatest joys um, and, and gifts to this world is being a father. Yes, sir. Um, girl, dad, you know what I'm saying? So talk a little bit about, you know, being a father and fatherhood. And um, Isaiah talked a little bit about it as well, but you know, playing overseas and sometimes being away from your daughter. Talk a little bit about that, but just also just, I mean, ultimately just talk a little bit about being a father, man, and how that changed you and um and just that experience. Now, being a father, you know, I was a father at 21, so being a father at 21 changed my life, for real. Like, I had to slow down. I couldn't do it, you know, I could do a little here and there, but I couldn't really act like a little 21-year-old no more. I had to act like a grown man now. I was paying bills. I had to take care of my, my daughter and everything like that. So that was like one of the biggest things that had changed. But um, playing overseas and having a kid is tough too because I don't really get to see her that much. You probably see her like one time for like two weeks that you got to go back and yeah. that's it. I see you in like next summer type. So that was tough. But um, I talk, I FaceTime my daughter every day, tap in with her, make sure she's doing her homework, just see what she's doing throughout the day. Just like seeing her face. I, I pray for her every morning. And before my games, I like my routine I do. So it's tough. It was tough being on playing basketball overseas and being a daughter for me and having a, having a child is tough. But I had to do what I had to do for her though. So right, it's a fact. So, uh, dude, we have us. We have us. Our segment now. We call it the corner. So we're gonna put you in a corner, ask you a bunch of random questions, and you can answer them how you want to answer them. No pressure at all. All right. So first question for you, and again, no disrespect. Any, if you had to pick a celebrity female that you wanted to meet or get with, who would that be? Female celeb. <laughs> female celeb. I like, I like the 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 old not right now, but the old Alicia Keys at the time. I was like, I liked her. Alicia Keys was tough. Oh, before Swiss Beats. Huh. Before Swiss Beats. Before Swiss Beats, yeah, before Swiss Beats. Yeah. <laughs> before Swiss Beats. Facts. I like I like to copy, copy. I um 
Would you let your girl do a, a OnlyFans page? Hmm. Wifey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, yeah, wifey, for like, sure. Fans like doing crazy, doing crazy stuff, or just doing like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess it's the street. Yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. It's quiet. It's quiet for it's that. Quiet. It's quiet. It's quiet. quiet. It's quiet. For, it's quiet. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. Um, I got one for you. Favorite hip hop album or rap album for you all time? Nice. Rap. Album. Or 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 I, I, I let you off the hook. Or favorite album or songs you 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 listen to before you get into your your game. Like what what motivates you? <clears throat> Man, I don't really got. I, I just pick songs. I don't got an album. So I give me a couple songs. songs that you go to. Man, I used to like um, bands to make a dance when I was like young. That was like <laughs> my rookie year. My rookie. Bands to make a dance. Bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day, but I like a lot of artists now. Drake, Future, Little Young Thug. That's mine. Um, that's mine. Okay, hello. Little baby, little baby. So I, I mix it up. I like a lot of R and B too, though, like old school R and B too. So Tough. I'm in there too. 112, Jagged Edge. There you go. Okay, okay. Yo, Darnell Jones, Music Soul Child, like all that. So bet. All right, yeah, B. So um, all right. So who who would be uh, what would be your favorite sneaker of all time? Uh, to play To rock and play. To rock and play. play. Court, yeah. All right. To to rock. I like the Jordan One. Yeah. He said the same thing. Those, those is it. Those those can't fail with those. All right. And the play it. Wow. Playing now? Yeah. I like Kyrie. I like Kyrie's stingers. Nice. I like the Kyrie, the new Kyrie. I like those. So I'll say Kyrie. Who okay. was who was your toughest competitor in college, if any? My tough competitor. I mean, yeah, I played against tough guard. I played against like, Bradley Bill was tough. Mm. Um John Jenkins was tough. Oh yeah, I remember him. He from Vandy, right? Yeah, he from Vandy. He was tough. Oladipo, I played mm. against Oladipo twice. Nice. Mm. He was tough. So I'll probably say those three. Yeah, okay. I got more, B, but go ahead. We, we got a couple. Um, I what what would be, and this no, you don't gotta be no bias. Your favorite street ball tournament of all time? Oh, Rucker Park. Salute. That's, not far. that's close. That's that's easy. Is there is there a game? Is there, is, is there a specific game you went to that that you remember like all time favorite? I don't know the oh yeah um bone collector versus Jamal Tinsley crazy that was a goodie right there that's what bones were to do rags <laughs> yeah bone he's my, he my favorite player in street ball bone collector yeah he was bone, the goat he was different I got a question for my fans listening um our boy spicy talks at BBN blue and white circles um Nutrizone TV what did what do you do for your mental health to stay focused on the game and not go crazy being away from home? Nice. Mm. I mean, I pray a lot. Um, I talk to my friends daily. I talk to my friends, FaceTime my friends. To not go crazy, I got to play video games. I'm going to go crazy. I don't play video games overseas. I'm going to lose my mind. And what saves me overseas is YouTube. Like, I really watch YouTube like like it's cable out there. So those are my things that keep me ready and just ready for the game and just not going crazy out there. Because you can't go crazy overseas, though. That's, that's a fact. Right. Really fun out there. So let me ask you, what's your favorite favorite video game? 
What's your go-to? 2K. 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 <laughs> all day. 2K. 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 Play for the money, all that. Yeah, 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 2K, for sure. Favorite NBA city to play in or visit? Wow. That's tough. I told you in a corner. Let's go. The play in? The play in? I, 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 love, I love Toronto. Mm, I never been Toronto. there, man. It's dope, right? Crazy. I like, never been there. My brother wants to go there. My brother wants to go there just to go there. I'm like, Toronto? And then now you said this, Not I'm like, Toronto. damn. Dope. Toronto. Crazy, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Okay. I'm taking the word visit, for it. Yeah. I like Miami. You know, Miami is just different. <laughs> so I'm from Miami. Nah, yo, D, we appreciate you, man. Yeah. Like, definitely, man. Like I said, a pioneer. Um, you know, one one of the staples in New York City. I think, like I said, for me, I, I always argue that you you probably one of the best guards to come out of New York City. Um, from from your accolades to what you did, but um, nah, this was a, this was a pleasure to have you on, and um, we we appreciate you at the commissioner's corner for just taking some time to just just walk us through your journey because, uh, like I told Joe, like you you a man of sort uh, a man of uh, 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 less words, but yep. when you speak, um, it, it's it's a joy to hear. So we appreciate you, man, and Joe, you 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 can take us home. Um, I had a question to ask you, man. I just lost it. Ah, I wanted to. Well, listen, I got a, one more question. Rapid fire before. Yeah, I end. Yeah, okay. Which is better for you, making the All American game or mm. Jordan Brand Classic? Oh, All American. Okay. All American. Even though you made your announcement on a Jordan Brand, that's why I asked you. I don't, I don't matter. Mickey yeah, D, yeah. right? Mickey D. For that's sure. it, Mickey D. I, I got one more question. I thought you. Okay, go ahead. Got one more question. I got one more question. So we're gonna put him in the corner. Yeah. Would your would your 2012 national championship team beat John Wall and them team? Mm. I think so. Cause we had a better we had a better bench than them. Facts. Better bench than them. So I I think so. But they, but I ain't gonna lie. They had a squad. They had Patrick Patterson too. Yeah. Right. PP. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was it. Would have been a goodie. It'd been a goodie, and 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 Devin Booker's team too would have been good too. Carl Towns. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that team, those three teams, were the one of the best in Kentucky history. Tough. Did you ever play? Did you ever play against your your Kentucky teammates in the NBA? Yeah. One on one, and who won? Oh, playing the one on one, we didn't. Nah, we, never, we don't play one on one. Nah, we never play one on one. Okay, because I can... play one on one. That's crazy. No, I never play one on one. That's not. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I got my fans texting me and chiming in. Um, I just want to let you know, I, I know BG speaks highly of you. I admire you from afar, man. I mean, me being a commissioner and just knowing your grind and your work to have you play on our hollow ground is always a true blessing. And you always come back and you're humble and you're just a great aura, man. So I wanted to give you your flowers tonight because you deserve it. And Every guard that come out of New York, they gotta they gotta say your name and put some respect on it. And I think sometimes people just don't you know real don't recognize real. So we do. So I salute you, champ, and uh, I appreciate you me getting to know you a little better in your journey, man. And I salute you and I appreciate your grind, man. So on behalf of me and BG and the Commissioner Corner Podcast, we enjoy having you on D and anything we could do for you on your platform and what you're doing anywhere, we're one call away. Thank you. I appreciate that, y'all. Thank All right. you. Much love, man. Much, much love. Okay. And God bless you, okay? Be careful out there. Have a good night, y'all. My man. All right.
IB man. So another one, another one. A Deron Lamb. I mean, we did it. Like, hey, it's not traditional podcasting, but that's we're not traditional, right? Yeah, uh, you know, and this is episode three, and and more to follow. So I just want to give a shout out to Deron Lamb and also Isaiah Whitehead for coming on episode three of the Commissioner Corner podcast. That's brought to you on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I'm Joe Cruz. I had a great time with you, B, as always. I appreciate the guests that you was able to kind of bring on to our show. Any last feedback or um, things you want to say in terms of our show tonight? Nah, man. I'm just, um, like I said, again, just big shout-outs to Isaiah Whitehead and um, Deron Lamb. Again, two two pillars of, of the New York City basketball culture and community and um. Uh, to have guys that magnitude come on the show, two guys that made the NBA, um, yeah. it's it's a blessing, man. And, and, and those are two guys that aren't Hollywood. You know what I mean? We like we like to say that word a lot, sure. but those are two guys that they they come and support. You know, and, and they don't come and just you know act Hollywood and just you know from afar, but they come and show love. So right. I'm glad they were able to come through and show love and give some stories, man. Those those are some stories that I didn't even know. So Me either, yeah, that was dope. Hell yeah, it, that was dope. It, it, it was huge, man. I, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And, um, you know, be doing big things here, man. We're going to keep it coming. We're going to keep it coming. So just for everybody listening, all our wonderful, wonderful supporters, uh, next Wednesday we're back live. We we will uh, be on 8 o'clock. Uh, right now we have Chris Canty, uh, former Super Bowl champion from the New York Giants. And more than likely, we're going to have one of my high school teammates and one of BG's, oh, uh, you know, mentors, uh, God Shamgard, uh, Shamgar Wells from the Sal Academy that played at Providence, that also played at the Wizards. So we're going to have a good time with that. So please continue to, to, to chime in. I encourage all our supporters to send us questions and feedback. Uh, your feedback and your messaging is, is crucial for us in order sure. for us to make it to this level. Uh, on behalf of... The Commissioner, the Commissioner Corners Podcast uh, and the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I want to say thanks for everybody tuning in. We'll see you on episode four next week. And I appreciate you. B, close it out. Love, this is your BG. It's Elias Express. And this is the Commissioner's Corner presented by Red Bull. We out episode three. Love y'all. See you next week. Love. See you next week.